Oh, girl, this is Miyoshi Walker, and you're listening to the Girl Good Grief podcast, where we share stories of navigating through grief, life lessons, and relationships. Girl Good Grief is about me defining how you don't have to settle in sorrow, pain, or your grief. My message is not limited to a gender, a socioeconomic boundary, or one thing or one person. Girl Good Grief is the euphemism of good God. And we can navigate the challenges of grief by trusting God every step of the way. So join me on this journey as I share my real life stories of how I navigated through difficulties, learning how to cope with grief and how I allow God to transform me into a brave woman of faith. By doing this, I begin to think different, live different, speak different, believe different and totally trust in God along the way. We believe that grief come in all forms of life, but you don't have to navigate it alone. You can be inspired to shift your mindset to trusting God through the process of grief, no matter what that looked like. On this podcast, this is where we're trusting God through the process. Welcome back. In today's episode, self-care, I will discuss five points of self-care during grief. Let's get started. So on today's episode, I'm going to talk about self-care. And I want to start out saying how self-care is essential and necessary because without it, we would definitely deplete ourselves. So we need to practice self-care when we're going through grief or other life uh, matters that happen. So we need to know that, you know, in order for us to take care of ourselves, we need to learn and practice self-care during that time. So with self-care, we need to be healthy and whole in order to live. We must live in order for our lives um, to be an example of that which our loved ones Um, have left a legacy for us to live through. So we have to trust God through the process of it all. And, you know, we're going to have good days and bad days. But however, we need to know that we have to take care of ourselves during this time. And that is very important to do so mind, body and soul. So let's remember that self care, it fortifies, you know, a, a long, challenging grief of a journey, a journey that leaves us, you know, affected deeply and it changes us. So we need to be self-nurturing to ourselves um, and have self-care. And to have this is to have courage to pay attention to our needs instead of being, you know, in the moment of not realizing we haven't, you know, um, properly taken care of ourselves. So above all, we need to self-nurture ourselves. And that's all about having self-acceptance of, you know, what has happened to us, whether it's grief or relationship problems or situations that has caused us to feel a certain way. But we need to self-nurture ourselves. And when we recognize this, that self-care begins within ourselves, you know, we no longer think that those around us are, you know, just being totally responsible for our well-being. We are responsible for our own well-being and we need to practice self-care during this time. And so to have a healthy self-care, it forces us to mourn in ways that help us heal 
And, you know, that's that's nurturing. And so when it forces us to heal, not saying to forget our loved ones, but to know that we need to be healthy and whole to be able to press on and to live and to live a legacy of them. You know, it, it help uh, helps us to heal and and to know that that is very nurturing to ourselves. So what I've discovered is that, you know, um, many of us, you know, are hard on ourselves. I know that I was, you know, during the, the beginning process of, you know, when my daughter died, I was like, you know, why was it her? Could it have been me? Or, you know, um, or why did this happen? So, you know, we're, we're in a mourning stage. So, you know, sometimes we definitely judge ourselves. Some of us may, but, and we may be ashamed of ourselves in some ways, but, you know, we need to know that we need to take care of ourselves first and not last, but we need to have good self-care. And that's definitely essential to, you know, us living and continue to survive in order to, you know, live productive lives for the rest of our family that's here, you know? Um, so we need to practice good self-care, but that doesn't mean, that we have to feel sorry for ourselves or you have to feel sorry for yourself or, you know, that it means that you're you're creating conditions that will allow you to, you know, um, think about your loved one, you know, that in a way that you shouldn't. So while taking care of yourself, we should take care of our mental and physical needs as well. So we need to know that, in order to do this, we need to practice the self-care. So I would like to discuss five points of self-care, and they're going to be related to um, physical, the cognitive, emotionally, socially, and spiritually. And it's not in any certain order, but I'm just going to, you know, just grasp one of those words and just begin. So I wanted to begin with the spiritual, because I think that the connection and to have that spiritual connection with God is very important with our self-care, because when we can't communicate to others, when we can't, you know, explain the pain and the hurt or the grief that we're going through, you know, we can always go to God and he knows exactly what we're feeling at that time. So our spiritual need to be maintained um, for self-care. So when we're grieving or torn apart, you know, we may have a lot of questions and, you know, that we want to ask that that there's no easy answers to, you know, for some people, it may be, is there a God? How can he let this happen? Or why me? Or why couldn't have been, you know, someone else? So, you know, will life ever be worth living again? You know, you feel that way when you're going through the grief. And so I would encourage you where you are in the midst of your um, grief, you know, to nurture your spirit on a daily basis, nurture your spirit. And what does that look like? That can look different for everybody. So nurturing our spirit is just, you know, thinking about your space that you're in of, you know, maybe just having a room that you have allotted to where you can go and you can, you know, get your thoughts together, your mind, your mind thoughts together. And it's a place that you dedicate exclusively for you when you need to rest, when you need to rest your soul, when you need to rest your mind. It's your your retreat, your space where you go several times a day or several times a week and then honor your journey through your grief because, you know, grieving 
is definitely a journey. So that can be very taxing on us, you know, trying to understand how and the whys and, you know, how could it be done differently or what could I have done differently? So, you know, start each day with the meditation in prayer. God's word said we are to meditate into prayer. So allow that to nurture in your spirit and then begin setting the tone for your day by praying and meditating. You know, get up each day and pray and meditate and ask God to help you through that day, you know, with the pain or where you are in the moment of your grief or with your situation. You know, just repeat a, a, a simple phrase or a simple word to yourself each day. You know, above all, you know, you're going to pray for yourself as well as your family and loved ones. But ultimately, we're talking about self-care. So you're going to pray for yourself. And then, you know, just repeat a simple phrase, maybe such as like today I will live and I will love fully or today I will appreciate my life or, you know, thank you, God, for giving me this day to be able to wake up to see another day or, you know, he can help me to appreciate that day and make it count. You know, whatever it is that you have to say to yourself and that you say in meditation and prayer, you know, nurture yourself, nurture your spirit, you know, each day. So we know how to press through and to become whole and to begin healing in the process. And so that's the first point. It was spiritual. The second point point I wanted to mention was the cognitive. So, you know, early in our grief, you know, we might find ourselves, you know, that we're just suspended like through everything. We don't want to get up. We don't want to participate in anything. We don't want to spend time with the family, you know, for some. And it just it's just different for everyone. But, you know, we suspend our thoughts, you know, um, our purpose is just like, no, I don't want to do anything. I want to be in this moment of trying to just figure out why and wrap our minds around about our loved one not here anymore. So if we allow ourselves just to be and our mind needs to catch up with the process of our new reality, you know, it's okay. But in the meantime, you know, don't spend time beating yourself up. And so what are three things that we can do for the cognitive? You know, let's begin uh, by stating, um, asking ourselves two questions. What do I want to do and what what is wanted of me? Because I think those two questions are important because the first day, as I stated, I shared the story, the first day after my daughter's death, I didn't know what to do with my day. I didn't know what to do with my time. Everyone had left. Everyone was gone. Um, the family and friends wasn't there. My husband went to work that day. Um, my children went to school the next day, which was a Monday. And so it's, you know, I began to ask myself, what do I do in this moment? I didn't know what to do. So ask yourself two questions. What do I want and what is wanted of me? And so with those questions, now you, you now that the loved one is not here any, anymore, what is it that you want? What do you want to do with your time? You know, is it that, you know, where do you want to live? Do you want to stay where you are or with whom do you want to, you know, socialize with or who do you want to be near? These questions are questions that can take some time to answer. But I think at that moment when you're trying to do self-care, I think those 
questions are important in order for you to get where you need to get mentally, physically, and spiritually. Because if you're around negative mindset, you know, you probably will be stuck. You probably will go into depression. You probably will be negative all the time. And you don't want those things, you know, especially um, for me. I'm going to speak for myself. I didn't want to, you know, grieve my daughter. I wanted to celebrate her. Although I was hurt and in pain, I wanted to live in the moment of her personality and who she was and knowing that she was with God, that, you know, she was living, she's living a better life than I am. So I had to, you know, not want to be around negativity or around those that, you know, you know, oh, what was me spirit? Because I wanted to live in faith of knowing, you know what, God got me, God, you know, knows how and what he's doing. So I had to question myself, you know, who is it that, you know, um, I wanted to be around who was that positive light at that time? Because, you know, it's not that you have to talk about it, but just sometimes when a person is present and, and they're being positive about the moment or just, you know, getting your mind off of, the things that, you know, of the loved one at the moment, but putting you in a space of, you know, feeling at peace and having that joy within. And then the second question was, what is wanted of you? Who needs you? Who depends upon you? What skills and experience can you bring to others? And what are you good at? And you can ask God, you know, what is my purpose here on earth while considering what you want is important? You know, it doesn't complete our life, but it's important to know, you know, who need me at this moment after you do that self-care, you know, what is wanted of me? I had to, you know, ask God, what am I to do with this pain? And out of that was birth girl, good grief, and as well as other things that he had given me directives on. And so he told me now is the time. And so I had to realize who need me, my family need me. So I couldn't totally check out, even though I have days where I didn't want to, you know, be available. I, you know, I I stated that I used my words and said, hey, today, I'm not feeling, you know, up to this or no, I can't do that for you. And so I had to know that I had to be available and they you know, unavailable sometime. And they allowed me to do that as well as I allowed them to do that. So those were two questions. And then, you know, let's not, you know, um, let's avoid making drastic changes, you know, because some people, you know, they want to run away from their pain. So that's just going to make things worse. So sometimes we to alleviate the pain, you know, we want to fast forward and move forward instead of really, you know, dealing with our feelings. And so we don't want to make drastic changes, you know, during this time of our self-care because, you know, sometimes going too fast, you know, we can end up hitting rock bottom and just, you know, not knowing what we're doing. We're just moving like we, um, you know, in a movie and it's, you know, the scene is moving, but we're just still and so, you know, don't quit your job or, you know, some people want to just take break breaks in their life or take on new relationships too quickly. You know, whatever that drastic change is, you know, try to avoid it. Just try to sit still, ask God what direction that you want to go in and how he wants you to do it and allow him to help you to navigate through those emotions of change. And so. That's the cognitive. So let's talk about emotionally. 
so emotionally oh my gosh that's so so much can go there so emotions emotionally of self-care you know emotions reflect you know that we have a special need that requires support from our inside and our outside so we need to become familiar with our emotions at this time and practice self-care so that we can authentically mourn and heal in small doses over time. Because as it states, you know, grieving can be a lifelong thing. But however, you know, it gets better by the day if you allow yourself to authentically mourn and heal in small doses. So the important thing that we want to remember here when we're doing self-care emotionally is that we need to honor our emotions when we give attention to them. And I've mentioned this before, you know, we need to honor our emotions when we give attention to them. So we need to know that that's important for us for self-care, because if we don't, that's how you can, you know, end up in depression or, you know, feeling like, you know, you just can't live or you can't move on or you can't be able to do your everyday tasks. You know, so we need to honor those emotions and give attention to them. So let's discuss ways that we can do that by giving self-care to our emotions. You know, uh, schedule something that, you know, you take pleasure in doing every day. You know, sometime, you know, you need something to look forward to every day. And, you know, a reason to get out of the bed each morning. So even though it's hard to look forward each day, but when you know you will be, um, you know, going through the pain and sadness, you know, a counterbalance to that is just, you know, um, just living each day, day by day. And that's what I began to do. You know, I came up with the hashtag day by day. My daughter's name was Charday, so I just said day by day and and I just lived day by day. And so, you know, I I just woke up with a plan of not staying in the bed, you know, getting up and, you know, making myself presentable because, you know, sometimes they say you feel how you look. And so, I just began just showing up in my workplace Although I'm I am thankful and grateful that I'm a business owner. So I was able to do that in my own time, in my own way. And even if I wasn't as productive as I usually was, you know, I still was able to get something done. But I still showed up each day instead of just laying in the bed or, you know, just sitting in the house and just, you know, dwelling on those memories. And then that would probably have caused me to fall into a depression in which I said, no, I will not do because, you know, God wouldn't hurt me that way. So I had to know to have that counterbalance of my normal and what was necessary to mourn. And so I did get up every day with a plan. And, um, you know, whether some other things that you can probably do is, you know, maybe read or go for a walk or paint or have lunch with a friend or, you know, um, play a game or whatever it is that bring you enjoyment, you know, so um, schedule something that you can do that you enjoy every day until you can get past that, you know, emotional thing. So you don't fall into depression or feel like you can't go on. And then the second thing, um, dealing with self-care during emotion is to draw a grief map. You know, I came across that and it was very helpful. You know, sometimes when we put all our thoughts and feelings in one place, we can make them more manageable. You know, we can write about them. I love to journal. So I journaled about them. Um, but 
you know, with the grief map, you know, you can just draw it out in a diagram form, you know, simply as like making a large circle in the center of your paper. Um, and that will be your map and then label it grief. And so the rep, the circle represents your thoughts and your feelings since the death. And, and then you'll just draw lines radiating out of the circle to each line that you, you know, want to give to a thought or a feeling that's contributed to your grief. And so, for example, you might write anger in the bubble in the circle. And then at the end of one line next to the word anger, you will jot down why you feel mad or you're angry. So your your grief map doesn't have to look pretty. It doesn't have any rules. But most importantly, you're just trying to create a process in order to go through the process. And so when you are finished, maybe you can explain it to someone that you care about or you can just, you know, keep it to know why you're feeling this emotion and what do you need to do to get through it. And so the other thing is, you know, definitely get physical. And for me, um, my love love language is that I like touch. I like, you know, hug. So when, when I say get physical, you know, have you hug someone? A hug can mean so many things. It can do so much, you know, or maybe hold someone's hand or put your arm around someone, you know, and just hug someone you feel safe with or just, you know, hug and kiss on your children or your husband or your wife or your loved one or whomever it is, you know, and you just, you know, just see how it makes you feel. You know, maybe that's just something that can help you get through. Or my favorite as well is listening to music. Music to me is so therapeutic. It it to me music can be healing, you know, because it it helps us, you know, um have access to our feelings, both happy and sad, whether the song have the words or the music. Music can really soothe a spirit and nurture our hearts. So, it depends on what music you like. Play that. You know, or do you like an instrument or do you like to sing? Allow yourself time to, you know, try activities, you know, again. So those are some ways that emotionally, you know, you can, you know, um, do self-care for yourself. And then the next one is socially. So, you know, being socially after losing a loved one or going through something is totally hard, you know, because the death of someone that you love has resulted in a very real disconnection around you. You know, that person is not here. You don't have access to them anymore. You can't talk to them. You know, when you reach out and want to connect to, you know, fam- family and friends, maybe they're not available, but you're you're trying to reconnect. So let's b- begin to be aware of the larger picture. And so the larger picture, it does include, you know, our the people and family in our life. So we need to gain some perspective and we need to recognize that, you know, they are a part of you. And, you know, um, this can give you empowerment to want to, you know, move on to take better care of yourself. So when you open your heart to love again and reach out to others, your loved ones, your friends, your community, you know, that's just a sense um a vital sense of well-being and belonging because you know if you cut yourself off and you're not being social, you know, that can create, you know, spaces that we don't want to go in. So, you know, let's nurture nurture that. So having, you know, loving relationships that still exist in your life so you don't feel disconnected or isolated, you, you know, you don't want to begin to withdraw or 
you know, begin grieving or in not mourning because that isolation can become a barrier that keeps you from grief from, you know, softening over time. You it can heart it can like they say harden your heart and make you feel and stay in a space that you don't want to be in. And then you'll begin to feel like you you know, you're dying inside while you're still living. And that's where depression can set in or other things, you know, you're not wanting to be here or, you know, amongst family and friends. So let's not let's not fall into that trap of that. So allow your family and friends to nurture you. Allow them in and, you know, have that connection with you. So be social, you know, sometime, even if you have a trigger, you know, I remember, um, you know, at the beginning going out and, you know, I would feel good at one minute. And then it was a trigger. I remember going out for um, a cousin's birthday and uh, my daughter's favorite, one of her favorite artists is Anita Baker and, and the band played the song and I just had an emotional breakdown. And, you know, I tried not to, you know, uh, be a damper of the party because we were celebrating him. And so I tried to leave out without, you know, bringing notice because I didn't want to bring the mood down. But I just had that moment because it was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, my daughter loved Anita Baker. This was one of her favorite songs. And so I just had a moment, but I didn't allow that to disconnect me. I, I had the moment you know, and the loved one came out in support as well as my husband. And I was able to, you know, push through and connect with family and I end up having a good evening. So, you know, make sure you stay social. Um, the other thing with the social self care is, you know, have a grief buddy, you know, find a grief buddy, someone that's also mourning a death or someone that you can talk to or so, someone you can, you know, have a companion in grief right now you know, um, make a pack with them and, you know, say that you'll call each other whenever one needs to talk or meet up, you know, and not listen without judgment and commit spending time together. So you can arrange, you know, maybe meeting once a week for lunch or breakfast or, you know, just with your grief buddy, you know, and for me, that came along with my friend, um, that lost her daughter this year as well. And, you know, we were able to relate in so many ways and we did, you know, meet up several times because, you know, um, it was, it's, it's so canning that, you know, she lost her oldest daughter and I lost my oldest daughter and they passed away within six months of each other. So we were able to be, each other grief buddy even now even when we meet up now we 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 ask each other or we call each other or we talk text each other and you know just in support of saying you know are you having a good day praying for you or thinking about you or just sending you know an encouragement note or you know a, a encouragement text or something like that so find a grief buddy um that that you guys can bounce off of if it's in a positive way, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. And then the other way socially is, you know, physically, you know, make sure that you're being active and, you know, it's times that you're probably going to feel distressed and, you know, just thinking about the one word of being grievous is, you know, just causing physical suffering 
you know, it's just surprising how much shock that your body can go in and the impact of a loss of a loved one. I I never knew that. I never knew that that's what that can feel like until I had to experience it. So, you know, amongst that, you know, those physical responses of loss or maybe sleeping in low energy. I definitely had a hard time in the first few weeks sleeping. I I barely got any sleep. You know, I probably doze off and wake back up. But however, you know, you may have difficult times going to sleep and perhaps even more commonly when you wake up in the morning, you have trouble going back to sleep. You know, maybe you work, wake up very early and you have trouble going back to sleep. But during your grief journey, your body needs more rest than usual. And so even though it's saying no, you know, we have to find ways in order to get that rest so that we can be whole the next day and we're able to do what we need to do. But you also may even find yourself getting tired more quickly. And um, I definitely can relate to all of this. So we need to, you know, be be conscious of our self-care physically and good self-care is just important at this time because, you know, our body is our house that we live in. So just like our house requires uh, maintenance and care to protect us from outside elements, our body requires the same thing and that and we need to treat us as such with respect. And then, you know, the quality of life depends on how we take care of our body today. So we don't want to get caught up in the grief, um, in the grievous uh, cycle of not being able to be physical because we need to know that we need to just slow slow down and and take care of our bodies and we need to make sure that we just talk it out talk out our grief you know many grieving people um say that you know they avoid or uh, repress talking about the death of the person but you know our bodies will begin to express grief you know you know, from time to time of, you know, feeling lethargic or feeling tired or feeling sleepy. So we need to make sure we take care of ourselves physically and know that, you know, we can do those things through God and Christ. And so those five points of, you know, spiritual, the cognitive and emotionally and socially and physically. And so I hope that some of these points were um beneficial to you in order for you to know that, you know, how much self-care is important. And so we, as I stated, self-care is definitely necessary. And it says um, in 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20, it says, do you know that your body is a temple or the Holy Spirit with you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So we need to, we need to know that our body is a temple and the Holy Spirit is with us. And so, you know, we should trust the Holy Spirit is able to see us through. And so we need to know that self-care is something that we're not going to do ourselves, that God does the work in us. But we have to make space for him to do that. And so we know that, you know, as women, and I'm not going to leave out men, but we can wear a lot of hats, you know, because we are fixers, we are nurturers. So we take on a lot and we tend to think, you know, we can do it. But if we become depleted and worn out, 
you know, of everything around us, whether we're doing something at homework or for our loved ones or, you know, raising the kids or helping take care of aging parents and, you know, trying to deal with this grief, you know, we can become very depleted. And and so with depletion, you know, that adds up, it can add up to inadequate breasts. And, you know, we need to know that we ultimately don't need to rob ourselves of this, you know, of having rest because God offers us rest. And so we should do that. We should take our time and just make sure that we, you know, have that self-care and we take care of ourselves because, you know, God cares for our needs and he has abundance for what he wants to give us. And I, I'm, you know, thinking about what I spoke um, uh, yesterday on self-care that, you know, self-care and personal care for us is about just making a daily decision to nourish ourselves through the word of God as well. We need to nourish ourselves through the word of God, take care of ourselves physically, eat healthy and invest in our overall well-being at the end of the day. And we need to be intentional and strategic about it and take care of ourselves properly during this time because we need to just make healthy choices to to build healthy habits that will replenish our mind, body, and soul during this time or whatever it is that we're going through. We need to just take proper care of ourselves so that we can, you know, be able to do the work and the purpose that we have to do upon the earth. And so when we practice self-care, we, we invest in our own needs. You know, it's nothing wrong with investing in yourself because without that, we can't be whole for other people. We can't be available for other people. So we don't need to neglect our needs and have a burnout. And then we're not able to serve others or, you know, do things that we need to do at the, the capacity that we need to. So self-care is, is, it seems simple, but it isn't always easy. So we need to know that we need to just, you know, um, Think about those five points of what God, what I have mentioned and that God is able to help us through anything that we go through, no matter what it is. And ultimately, we need to just start the day in prayer and read scripture and set our mind on things of God. You know that I think that's the first important thing of self-care. And then we need to think about our habits and the um, the things that we're doing. And we need to make sure that we get that adequate amount of sleep and eat healthy and just set those healthy boundaries with relationships. And then we need to nourish our thoughts because, you know, our thoughts can have a way over us. And as I stated before, whatever spirit you feed the most, that's the one that you become. And so if you, you're feeding your spiritual instead of the, the sinful one, you'll become more spiritual. So we need to know that no matter what, we need to remember those those five points of self-care, whether it's the spiritual, the cognitive, um, the emotional, the socially or the physically. And in those points, you know, we need to know that it's necessary for our self-care. And so that wraps up today's podcast and many blessings to you. Thank you for listening. And for additional information, you can find the Girl Good Grief community on Facebook. I will leave the link in the show notes below. Also by our email at 
growgoodgriefpodcast at gmail.com. And please make sure you like our Facebook page community and share and download and leave a review on Grow Good Grief on any listening platform. Have a good rest of your week. Many blessings.